0: All right, turn with me to the 18th chapter of 1 Kings, if you would. I'm going to read the last part of this um, for today. And uh, I read part of this this morning, but uh, but I'm going to read uh, beginning in the first verse. This is a continuation. Let's all stand as we honor God's word. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go show thyself unto Ahab and I will send rain upon the earth. Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab and there was a sore famine in, Sam- in Samaria and-, and-, and Ahab called Ob- Obadiah, which was a governor of his house, now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took an hundred prophets and hid them in by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land, unto all the fountains of the water, and to all the brooks, preadventure we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive. That we lose not all the beast. So they divided the land between them to pass throughout, and Ahab went on, went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him and fell on his face and said, Art thou that my Lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Tell, Go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, what have I sinned? And he said, what have I sinned that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? And, and the Lord thy God living, there is no, I'm sorry. And the Lord thy God liveth, and there is no nation or kingdom whether my Lord hath not sent to seek thee, And when they said he is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom of nation, and they found thee not. Now, most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of us. And we're just so thankful, Lord, that you've blessed us and and you've given us the things we have, and you've taken care of us all these years, Lord. And I don't see too many that's very grateful in this day and time, but but um uh, I know I know that you have and and I know that we wouldn't we wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for you and Lord, I just pray that we'll understand this and realize lord that uh, that uh, we must be faithful in what we're doing so this is a day when there's not a lot of faithfulness, Lord, and I just pray that you'll see fit to waken people open up their eyes and and in their minds that they'll be able to see and understand, uh, Lord, uh, what it is they're missing by not being faithful to you. Thank you for everything, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> okay, we uh, got to the point here where that... Um, that, I, uh, Elijah had, uh, had met the Zidonian woman and, and, and he had, uh, talked with her. And so we're going to go on in this message and God always sends us a test of circumstances. You know, sometimes God puts us in a position that we don't want to be in. But he does it for a reason. He does it for a reason. You know, we most of the time people will say, "Let's,", let's you say, "Let's go do." The, I don't want to go. I don't, I don't want to go. But then somebody come along and say, "Let's go." Yeah, I want to go. You know, that's uh, that's that's circumstances. That is circumstances that God puts us in sometimes. That He's going to see how what we're going to do. And how that how it's going to work out? Now, what will we do in certain circumstances? Now, I've seen those who I've I've seen those who have completely made a mess out of their lives, wind up worse off than they were in the beginning. Now, you know they they're in a circumstance and and they think they can get it straightened out and and and. Um, and take care of it. But they wind up trying to do it themselves. And when, when it's over with. They're in worse shape than they was at, they were at the beginning. Now the circumstance. Which this poor widow woman was. She had only one meal left. For her and her, her son. And this last meal would be her last. And she would certainly starve to death. As a result of it. Now we saw that in the 17th chapter of the book. And, uh, and so this, she, she told, she told, uh, Elijah, she said, this, this is my last meal, me and my son, then we're going to die because we're not going to have anything else to eat. We'll just starve to death as a result of it. You find that in 1st Kings 17, 10 through, uh, 13 through 12. Now, why does God do these things this way? Why, why does he do things like this? You know, we wonder sometimes, why does God do things like this? There's many times in my life as a pastor, and, you know, you get down to these last days, and sometimes you don't know if anything has ever worked out in your life uh, as you thought it would. But uh, you get down, and, and, and sometimes you wonder, why does God do things the way he does them? Why is it that, uh, that God, that God does things? You know, I I told you folks, uh, sometime back, if y'all, if y'all remember, uh, I preached a message on Satan. Well, I, I knew, I knew that that was going to bring some things up on me and possibly this church that, uh, that we were going to have to deal with. But first you have to realize that God has to put you in a circumstance in order to get you ready for what he has for you to do. And, and, and I know that for a fact. So I don't know why God does things this way. But remember how God commanded Abraham to offer his only son on the fiery altar. Now, why did God do that? What was God, what was God getting Abraham ready for? Well, uh, you read that story, you'll find out that that's exactly what God used to get Abraham ready for what he had for him to do. And, and you find out here that, that Elijah is, God's getting Elijah ready for a great task that he's got to do. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give it away. I'm gonna give all the thunder away today. But if you, if you read this further, and further, you'll find what that great task was that God gave him to do. You know, you read, I read to you a while ago, uh, right up here in the uh, fourth verse, it says, For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord. Now, she killed a lot of them. She, she just killed them. She just had them killed. A lot of the prophets of the Lord. Well, what do you think Jezebel would have done With uh, Elijah, she would have done the same thing with Elijah. She would have had him killed. She was just a wicked woman. She, you know, the Bible says that she had 450 prophets that sat at her table. I mean, 400 prophets that sat at her table. Ate at her table every day. She had her own prophets. You know, sometimes I think today people people's got their own God in their pocket. They got their own kind of God in their pocket and they, they say, well, I, when I need him, I'll pull him out and I'll use him. Well, uh, uh Jezebel had her own prophets. They ate at her table and, and can you imagine feeding 400 prophets at table? I, I, I can't imagine feeding two preachers, much less 400 prophets, but, uh, she fed four hundred prophets, and every every prophet that came along that she could not entice to become her group, she killed them. She killed them. And and you know there was only out out, out of the group of prophets, I, I can't remember the number, but there wasn't that many left. She was killing them off. She was killing the prophets off. And and, and of course they knew that. Well, the problem with it is Elijah knew that too. Elijah knew that Elijah liked a- a- Ahab. But because of Jezebel, Ahab, Ahab grew to hate Elijah. That's the way it works. You see, you've got, you've got a, you, you've got a, when circumstances come, you've got this, this happens, this happens, this happens. We don't remember what happened yesterday. But remember what's happening right now and then that happens and something else happens we don't remember what happened at the time there but we uh, we get to where we don't remember what's going on and that's the way God works. That's the way God works. That's just the way he works. You you might think, "Well, I'm doing exactly what God would have me do." But that's not necessarily so. Because God works in bits and pieces and and God works in circumstances and and time and, and, and whatever circumstance God needs to get you where He wants you to be, He's going to bring that circumstance up on you. And, 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 and it's, it's not going to be easy for you. Not going to be as easy as you think it is. Not going to be as easy to, to make a decision as you think that it'd be easy to make a decision. In other words, somebody says, I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. Well, I've had people tell me, I'd say, do you mind doing this? I don't want to do it. You'll have to get somebody else. Well, as I said this morning, God doesn't operate like that. God, when God's got something for you to do, he'll make you ready to do it. He'll make you want to do it when he gets done with you. But uh, who, who, who are in those circumstances today? I don't know. I don't know who here at Landmark Baptist Church is in that kind of circumstance today. may not be Anybody may not be anybody, then it may be more than you think there are that are in those circumstances here. Abraham did know what God had in store for him. Abraham knew why God did what he did. He knew that's the reason he told his son, son, don't worry about it. God will provide. Isaac said, Daddy, where's, well, I see the fire, I see the sticks. I see the altar, I, I see all of this, I see the fire, but where's the sacrifice? Where's the sacrifice? And what did I, what, what did Abraham tell him? God will provide. There's a word there called Jehovah Jireh. That's the word that Abraham used. Jehovah Jireh, meaning God will provide. Well, let me tell you, folks. First of all, if you're here and lost, you're in the worst circumstance you ever had in your life. You may have been in it for a long time. If you're not saved, you're in the worst circumstance of your life because God has provided a way for you to get out of it. And he did it through the Lord Jesus Christ and him dying for his children. So there is a way out of it. But is there ever a time that, when we were saved, is there ever a time come later on that we still, we got to, we have to look to Jesus dying for us again? Will I ever have to look to Jesus dying for me again? You sure? Because it is because Jesus died for me that I can live my life in, in, in great uh, uh, surety that God Jesus is going to take care of me when I leave this world, but what about those circumstances that God puts you in that you have to you you have to look to there because you don't know what to do, you don't know how to get yourself out of them, and and they're there. You might say, "Well, I don't know what you're talking about." Well, I hope you do because if you haven't, then uh, you've never again. But but there is a farce going around today uh, for. One to believe that God's man knows what God wants one to do. You know, people say that's a farce. God, God doesn't know. Uh, God, God doesn't use his men to show you what God wants you to do. That's not that that don't exist today. Everybody says that's a farce today. I had a man. I know y'all have heard me say this before. But I was preaching in Glenwood. I came out on the porch and I had preached a message on, can't remember what it was now, but the man came out there and met me and he said, listen, he said, there's nobody living today knows anything about the scriptures. And I looked at him and I said, listen, I said, we are hurting. I said, you're hurting here as a church if you believe there's nobody that knows anything about these scriptures. Because I said, what that means is, you're never going to listen to what anybody says. And it wasn't long till he left the church. You're not going to listen to anything anybody says. Because you've already stated that nobody knows enough about what God wants me to do. And I don't even know anything about it, but sometimes... God will give that inclination to His man before He ever gives it to you. That's something you got to be careful of. And I'm, 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 I'm going to get to this example here in just a minute. When, when Elijah... Now listen to this. Listen to this. When Elijah commanded a portion of the last of this poor woman's morsel, he ended it with Fear not. Did Elijah not command her to feed him? Sure he did. That would be just like me coming to your house and commanding that you feed me. He commanded her because Elijah was beginning to get the understanding as to why God is bringing this up on him. And he looks at the woman and he, he commands her. He said, you bring me. She said, well, I've just got enough for my, my me and my son. And when, once we eat that, we're there. He said, you give that to me. You bring that to me. I said, oh, sir, I can't do that. And at this time, she even doubted that he was a man of God. When did she realize she was talking to the man of God? When he healed her son she she said, "I know for sure that this is one of God's men. When do you know when work when one of God's men is around like an old preacher they said preached the revival over there in savannah one time, and uh, he's a preacher that I met years ago, and he he had they helped why why they ever called him to come to First Baptist Church in savannah and preach a a revival I'll never know, because he was a hard, strong preacher, but that's been years and years ago. that's probably back in the thirties or forties. And uh, the church was packed the, some Some said some of the old timers over there used to tell that uh, there was as many as four three or four thousand people were there, and it come time for him to preach. And he, he was nowhere to be found. And somebody said, well, the pastor of the church said, have you all seen brother so and so? They said, yeah, we saw him earlier. Well, he said, well, where is he? He sent one man in part of the building to try to find him. Man came back. He says, I can't find him. And all of a sudden that old brother stepped out the door. Right into the and he stood there. He just stood there like this, just stood there looking around, and the people were quiet when a person saying a word. Their eyes was that big around, and they was wondering, "This is an idiot." And he asked that big church there in Savannah. He said, "Have y'all never seen a man of God before?" Y'all have never seen one? And the pastor was standing right there in the pulpit. He said, Y'all have never seen one of God's man before? He said, Y'all acting like you never seen one. Well, I want to tell you, folks, what was it, what was it, the Lord told uh, uh, Ezekiel, he said, Let them know that a man of God is among you. Let them know that a man of God is among you. Well, today, you know, there's not too many of them that are out there. said, let them know that there's a man of God among you. And how was he to do that? He was to go and preach to them things that they were going to get as mad at him that they couldn't stand it. But he said, you let them know that a man of God is among you. Well, this is... uh, this is where Elijah was with this poor woman he said I want that give, give that to me and so she reluctantly I guess gave it to him well though through, through the trial he is becoming stronger and stronger do you think any, any sane person would have walked up to a woman that had one morsel of, of bread and had a very small thing of, a cruise of, 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 of whatever it is to cook it in, oil to cook it in, and said, and tells him, he says, I'm, you're supposed to feed me. And she said, well, I've just got this, me and my son, we're going to eat it and then we're going to die. Oh, there's no more. He said, give it to me. I, I'm sure she reluctantly handed, and 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 when she handed over to him, he said, fear not. Hand it to me. Give it to me. Give it. Was he being, I guess you would call it, uh, um, I don't know what you would call it. Was he being arrogant, I guess, when he told her to give it to me? But he was becoming stronger and stronger. He was becoming more fit for the job God had for him to do. The Bible teaches that she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. She said, I I trust I'm gonna trust. And I'm gonna do it. Now, who else is growing stronger here? The woman is growing stronger. She's growing stronger. Elijah was stronger. She was growing stronger. All the time she went and did verses 14 and 15. She did what the, what Elijah told her to do. What a blessing to a pastor. What a blessing it is to a pastor. When people will go and do what he tells them to do. That's a blessing to a pastor. When a pastor knows that there are blessings at the end of it, he'll go and do it. But uh, usually not today. Elijah assured the poor woman in the name of Jehovah God that the meal in the barrel would not waste nor the crews of oil would fail until the famine was over. That famine lasted uh, right at two, almost three years. That woman would go and she'd get that little morsel of food out of there, out of that barrel, and she would scrape it all up, and she'd go get what oil was left, and she'd feed Elijah, her, and her son. And she would think all the time, there's no more left. But then she would go back again, and she would get out, she would get it out again. And so each day as she went along, she got stronger and stronger. She says, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. I know I'm going to go get, it's going to be there. There's going to be that enough, is going to be in that barrel to feed this prophet of God, which she didn't, she didn't recognize him as a prophet of God at this time, but she said there, this, this man here, she said there's going to be enough in there to feed me and my son. I mean him, myself, and my son. And she just got stronger as the day went by. God knows. God knows how to make me strong. He knows how to make you strong. He sure does. She got stronger. The poor woman believed the word brought to her by Elijah and used her last handful of meal, given with a hungry soul, prepared for Elijah. The poor woman gave away all that she had and cast herself entirely on the word spoken by God's anointed. This woman was going to enjoy a last meal, him and her son, and they were going to die because they had nothing else. But she gave away all that he had and put her trust in God's anointing and the promises which came with these words. This poor woman... Had faith in the word and the power of God that she was very weak before Elijah came her way. Jesus said, here's what Jesus said. Jesus says, blessed are they that have not seen, but yet believe. This woman, this woman, begin to get stronger as she would go back to that barrel and they would be that handful of stuff there that would go to the barrel of the oil. There'd be a cruise of oil there. And she just got stronger and stronger as time went along. Some, some say this may have lasted as much as three years that uh, this woman just grew stronger and stronger. When was the last time this happened to any of us? Just think about it. When's the last time this happened to any of us? That we know for surety that when we go, it's going to be, everything's going to be just right. When we think all the time it won't be, everything's going to be just right. When was the last time this happened? We're going to have a circle of prayer here in just a little while. And let me tell you, your lack of faith can hinder this circle. Because this circle of prayer is for each and every one of us to get stronger and stronger. It's for us to get stronger and stronger. But how many people was in this circle of prayer, and I'm going to say this, how many people was in this circle of prayer when we first started and how many is in it now? We got some that just don't see the need of it. Let me tell you. Every time you pray for my, our dear brother here, you get stronger and stronger. Believe me, I know. Believe me, I do. I just get stronger and stronger and you will too. You will too. Did not the Lord feed 5,000? with a very small morsel of food? Sure he did. Did not the Lord command a drink from Jacob's well from the Samaritan woman only to bless her with salvation for her obedience? What's the Lord asking you for today? What's the Lord asking you for today? You know, one can sit on his complaining hunkers and dry up and be nothing for the Lord, but one will soon have to give an account. Yeah, you can just sit there and dry up. You just sit there and dry up and think about what you're going to do tomorrow, what you're going to do when church is over with today. There'll be some time left. What you're going to do today when church is over with? You can sit there and think about those things if you want to. You sit there and think about where you're going to go next, what you're going to do next. You can talk about it all you want to. But are you thinking about this may be an opportunity for me to grow stronger and stronger? This circle of prayer will be an opportunity for all of us to grow stronger and stronger in the Lord. <clears throat> what happened? The barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the crews of oil fail. According to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. Verse 16. Elijah, this poor woman, and her son survived for at least one year, now I'm not sure some say as many as three years, on a handful of meal and one cruise of oil. The moral message, the moral message for this, I mean, I'm sorry, the moral lesson for this message is this. They were, they who trust wholly will find the Lord wholly true. If you trust wholly in the Lord, you'll find the Lord wholly true. But if you think, well, if this don't work, I can do this. If this don't work, I can do this. If this don't work, I can do this. We've been praying in this circle for right right at two years now. It is two years? Yeah. Going on three years. No. Two years and a half. Three, Three years. Three years, okay. When's it ever gonna? When's when something ever gonna happen? Well, it has happened. It sure has. Our brother's still alive. You know, I, I I thought at one time when when Gary said they're gonna take my kidneys out, I said that's the end of that boy. They're gonna take your kidneys out. I know if doctor came in, said, I'm gonna take your kidneys out. I'd be, I'd be, God, go, I'd call Ronald Hall up and get prepared. He's still alive. And he's going to stay that way until all of us get stronger. Let me say that again. He's going to stay that way until all of us get stronger. It was Jesus who said... Said I not unto thee, if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. John 11 verse 40. If thou shouldest see, you don't, do you see today? Or are you just waiting on to get out of here? Do you see today? Is your mind set today that you see today? Jesus says, if you see, Thou shouldest believe thou shouldest see the glory of God. John eleventh chapter and the fortieth verse. How many of you have seen that? I have. I've seen it over the years. I've seen that. I preached for five years to, at at Calvary Baptist, to three women and two children. And we got on a praying bench, and we got on a witnessing bench, and it wasn't long until I was preaching to over 50 people. Then it wasn't long until I was preaching to Nearly 80 people. I've seen it happen. I know it can happen. I know it can happen. And I pray that you'll see it also. All right, let's form a circle.